Hi, I'm Bruce Weinstein. And I'm Mark Scarborough. And this is Cooking with Bruce and Mark. It is. And today we're doing something really fallish and special. I know we were starting off on Appliance Fridays, but we've gotten sidetracked now, right? We've gotten sidetracked <laughs> to a recipe. Well, it's easy to happen in the fall because we went over to Windy Hill Orchards uh, this week up in Stockbridge, Massachusetts, right outside Great Barrington. And they have the most amazing pears and apples. And we picked pears. We have a lot of pears. <laughs> and Mark begged me to make a pear lot. jam. A lot of pears. When I was a kid, my grandmother would make pear preserves. And I have to say that she would make them in a very specific way, which I have lobbied and lobbied and lobbied for. So now we're doing it. A lot of pear preserves are mushy. They're well. They're pureed. They're, like they're pear, smooth. It's one step away from pear butter, in yeah. my opinion. Um, pear people, sauce that's just cooked down. Yeah, mm. yeah. So what my grandmother would always do is she would make these giant chunks of pear in the pear preserves, and that's how I love them. I mean, I just want, I want big pieces of pear in there, right? <laughs> they're really good that way. So what I do is a sort of a cross between the way it tells you to make jam on the insert of the pectin box and the way the actual U.S. Pear Board tells you to make it on their website. And so basically you're cooking jam by taking the pears, sugar, lemon juice, and pectin. Let's say that you don't need to write this down. This recipe is on our website, bruceandmark.com. And uh, Bruce is already sitting here chopping away. But let me run down through what the ingredient list sure, is. Sure. And you do that. I'll keep cutting up the pears. Okay. What I've got here is eight cups of sugar. Wow. This is just, <laughs> this is a, a dentist's dream. And then it's a quarter cup of insulin. <laughs> yeah. Eight <laughs> cups of sugar and two 1.75 ounce boxes of regular pectin. You want to explain what that is while you're chopping? Well, pectin is a natural fruit thickener. It's, it's concentrated in apple skin and apple seeds, um, but you can buy it in a box and it helps make jams and jellies thicken up. And I know, I know, I hear you're all saying, but pears have a lot of pectin in them and you don't have to use pectin. But I like to use pectin because it gives it just the texture that, a, that I know will be what I want which for me is a soft French set. So I add a little bit more fruit, a little bit more liquid than you might normally use. And then with the pectin, I end up with the most perfect set you can ask for. So this is liquid or dry pectin? These are boxes of dry powder pectin. Right. You can buy liquid pectin. To be honest, I have never had great results with liquid pectin, so it's not something that I would normally reach for. So eight cups of sugar, two 1.75 ounce boxes of regular pectin, six pounds of fairly ripe pears, right? Now this is the key for us because I like the big chunks. So you don't want smush pears. Really soft pears are gonna break down and give you a smooth jam. So I'm actually using a combination of some that are really ripe for great flavor and some that are still a little firm that won't break down and will hold the shape. So this is what Bruce is doing. He's peeling, coring, and chopping these things into big chunks. So uh, peeling, why peeling? Uh, because you don't want apple skins or pear skins in preserves. I don't even want peach skins, although I have made it with that. But this is a nod now to our Appliance Fridays. 
I am coring these with a melon bowl. Okay, so you're coring them, but really, honestly, you've done another step first. You have actually cut these things in half. So let's talk about this for a minute. Well, I cut them in half the long way, right? From the head to the tail, right? From the right. top to the bottom. Right. And now we're looking at the seeds on both halves of this pear. Right. So I'm using the melon baller to, to scoop out the seeds in a perfect half moon on each side. And then really, honestly, after that, you chunk them up. The yeah. hardest part of this is peeling them. Them, and one of us would use a vegetable peeler and one of us would use a knife. Well, yeah, I use a knife sometimes, but here's the thing. If we use a vegetable peeler, I want to use a Y-shaped vegetable peeler oh, as opposed to gosh. like the standard vegetable peeler because I find that's much easier to use with my large hands. Okay, well, that's great. But some of us just use a regular old vegetable peeler, but we can peel them and then you cut them in half. You take out the seeds. Bruce says with a melon baller, it's very easy. And you cut them into big chunks. Okay, so that's our third ingredient. Our fourth is two lemons, which we'll get to in a minute, why yep. that is. And then you want to have seven sterilized pint-sized jars. Let's talk about that with their lids and their rings. I use a canning steamer to do this. It's just a large pot with a lid, and there's a rack on the bottom and a little water. So it's just like a giant steaming yeah, basket. There are, there, there are people who do this thing with uh, the dishwasher, right? And it really... <laughs> I, I don't know. This skeeves you out. Uh, it it's kind of skeeves me out. And also, it's, it's they put all the jars and the lids and the rings in the dishwasher, and they run it on a high heat and a high dry cycle. And I suppose it works. I don't know why it skeeves me out. I think I think I just want to be extra careful because we're not talking uh, with canning. We're not talking bacteria that'll give you gastric distress or sorry bacteria that'll kill you if you're going to use your dishwasher make sure you run your dishwasher first there are no other dirty dishes in there oh. so it's been run and oh. it's a clean dishwasher oh. and the only thing in there now are your jars and your lids and you have to have like a sana temp rinse and you have to have a superheated thing and you have to let it go through its dry cycle they have to be so hot you can't touch them when they yeah, come when out yeah when we lived in manhattan uh, we knew a guy that had one of those railroad flood apartments you know and he the, the, the kind where the bathroom is in the kitchen so all the plumbing is at one place no, in the, the apartment. bathtub is right well there i know the but so is the toilet and all the plumbing <laughs> is in one spot so you have your kitchen sink and your bathtub and your toilet right all together mm. and he used to claim that after dinner parties he would put all the dishes in the bathtub and run the water and then get in and <laughs> that's disgusting that is so disgusting <laughs> him in the bathtub. I remember that. And I remember never going back to his house again after he said that. Well, I'd go, but I would never eat anything. I wouldn't even drink water. Okay, you can't you can't sterilize these jars that way. You really have to, as Bruce says, he steams them for a good long Ten while. Minutes. Ten minutes. Yep. And he puts the lids and the rings in, in boiling water and sets it aside. And right? the funnel, everything is in the steamer. And after yep. it's been 10 minutes, I turn the flame down to low and I keep them hot, covered, while we make the jam. Yep, that's that's really it. So all this time, Bruce has been chopping all this stuff up. So here's what I'm going to do. Uh, uh, we have got a giant pot here. Pull out the biggest pot you have, probably bigger than your Dutch oven, but try it in your Dutch oven. We're and doing I this in a 12-quart stock. Okay. Now, let me say, I'm also doing what the... The Pecton people would call a double batch because we had so many pairs. You could 
cut this in half. You could. And okay. everything is easily cuttable in half. Yes. That would be four cups of sugar and one uh, box of pectin and three pounds of pears yep. and one lemon. Yep. I mean, you could cut this all easily down in half. Okay, so anyway, I'm going to put one cup of sugar and, a, and all the pectin in this gigantic pot. I mean, really, honestly, this thing is 5,000 pounds. And I'm going to then stir that together and then I'm going to stir in all the pears that Bruce has chopped and the juice of those two lemons. Why? And you are, well, lemon the juice. lemon juice will help the pectin set. Yep. It will help activate all those lovely protein molecules in the pectin and cause the jam to have a lovely set to it. It also gives it a really good taste well, yeah. because it gives it a little, just a slight sour accent behind all of this crazy sweetness. And now we, I've stirred this, uh, this honestly, this this will. No wonder grandmothers were so bitter. Well, you're going to keep going with this. This has you, broken my shoulder yeah, already. Well, keep at it because you've got to keep stirring this until the juices come out of those pears uh, and it starts to come to a boil uh, that you can't stir down. I've got it. I should say we've got it over medium high yep. heat, and it's going to be hot. It's, in New England today, we are having a preternaturally warm fall, and it's in the 80s today. Perfect day for canning. Oh, perfect day. <laughs> for bitterness. <laughs> so um, you're going to keep at that. It'll take about 10 to 12 minutes and then we'll come back for the next step. Okay, so I've been stirring this and stirring it and then we came up to this crazy boil and it's not just when it comes up to a boil. It has to come up, as Bruce says, to a boil you cannot stir down. Which basically means that as you stir it, of course, the bubbles do stop, but they're instantly back the second you take your spoon out. Right. Yeah. And that actually takes a while. It'll it'll fake you out because yeah. you'll you'll get it to a good boil and you'll think, oh, look there. And then once you stir it a couple times, it quits. It stops and it takes 30 seconds or so to come back to a boil. That's not hot enough. Right. It's got to come up to that boil. You can't stir down. And then I I, I now have to, to uh, stir in the remainder of the sugar. Right? Oh, and that's a fun thing. Getting to dump seven cups of sugar into anything wow. at once wow. is always fun. My teeth hurt. <laughs> so um, let's, here we go. I'm putting it in and it's, it's of course stopped boiling. It stopped and now you're going to stir this all up again and you're going to stir it and you're going to stir oh, it. And oh. it's even harder to stir oh, now. Oh, for God's sake. you, you got to use a heavy stir. Who was my grandmother? <laughs> uh, she was a nut. Um, so, yeah, this thing is a giant pot. It's a cauldron. But now it's dead. I mean, it's it's heating back up. Yeah. And I'm going to keep stirring this. And it's the same thing, right? Yes. The, uh, the sugar's going to liquefy. And there's more juices are going to come out of those pears. My grandmother was, she was insane. Oh, no. She was a genius. No, she was insane. And you're going to let this come back to a boil that you can't stir down. Wow. And that's going to take another 10, 12 minutes. And then. Then you were just going to take your spoon out. <laughs> and we're I'm going to the store and buying pear preserves. And we're going to let it just boil undisturbed. Don't they make really good pear preserves at the store? Yeah, but we're going to let this boil undisturbed for one minute after it comes to that. And then we'll be back and we're ready to can it. Okay, so now this thing boiled for one minute undisturbed and we just turned the heat off. And so now we're just letting the bubbles relax down. And as soon as it relax, stops boiling, relax. we are going to skim some of the scummy foam that's on the top. It has a fair amount of foam. All fruit does. All fruit Cruddy does. impurities yeah. and all that stuff. So I, I, I'm using a ladle here, a pretty big ladle. And I'm 
I don't have to worry about like I'm not going to freak out if I get some of the juice in my ladle. No, right? and you're also not going to freak out if there's a tiny little bit of foam left in the jam. It'll just discolor it a little bit. I might. So now the stores doesn't have any discoloration. <laughs> See, I should have gone to the store. So now we have those bottles that we sterilized, and I have taken them out during that during that cutaway from that steamer thing, and they're sitting up right now on the counter, ready to be filled. Okay. And so we're going to just put a funnel into each one, and we're going to ladle them in. So here we go. We're starting to ladle it into the jars, and once we get them in, uh, you put the lid on it, and then you put the ring on it. Yep. And then we're gonna and put Bruce the. Bruce always has me do this. He always has me burp it. The, the, the <laughs> lid goes on. I should say the lid goes on, and then it, I move on to the next bottle, and then I always come back and burp a little air out of before the first you put the one, ring, right? And then put the ring on. It's it. such a really unnecessary step when you're steaming them because air is still gonna come out of them. However, I got in the habit of doing that when we used to do what they call open kettle canning, when you're not gonna process them. And that was one way to sort of make sure you got a better vacuum seal, but it's not something I recommend doing at home because better to process them and be safe and know Wait, you're not going to... Wait, not burping. You mean open kettle is something you don't recommend right. doing anymore. Um, and can we say, uh, as we're doing this and as we're filling these way hot things, remember everything is very hot. Have hot pads, baking mitts, silicone baking mitts or a towels, good tool, yeah. towels, everything is super hot. Put kids and dogs out of the room. Yeah, this is hot stuff. This has got sir sugar syrups way up over the boiling pot of water, and uh, you really want to be careful here. But you're filling. I'm filling these things up, uh, and I, tell me this, because you read this in, endlessly, is rings tight, rings loose, rings <laughs> medium, rings firm. Well, well, first what do you recommend? First, let's talk about how far we're filling them. We're filling them, leaving about a half an inch of headspace because right. they're going to expand a little bit and there has to be room for air to come out of that jam and to escape under there. The air can't escape if the ring is too tight. So I like to just put the ring on till it stops and not tighten it any more than that. And that is tight enough to allow air to escape under the rubber seal around it, but not too tight so that air gets trapped you know, in there. You know, I always think about this as when you're screwing a screw into a wall. You know, you screw and screw and screw. Let's say you have a screwdriver, and you're screwing and screwing and screw into the wall. And you always reach this point where you, it stops, and then you kind of relax, and then you torque it hard. You get it even to harder. To get it yep. harder. It's in these jars. I always think if you do it until before you torque right. it. There's yeah. No, yeah, there's no extra tightening. It's just until the ring stops turning, but it's not any extra pressure. Now we're going to put all these jars that we filled back in that steam, that canning steamer. We're going to turn it back on high, put the lid on it, and we are going to let these process for 10 minutes. So this is going to take us a while. Then they have to cool down. So really, honestly, when we come back and taste this, well, we'll see you tomorrow. So these jars have cooled off, and that was yesterday. And so we're going to open one up, and we are going to dip in <laughs> and right into the jar. Oh, my God. It's chunk. I'm looking at a gorgeous chunk of fruit. And mm, wow. your grandmother was a genius. Wow. It's worth every speck of time. Wow. That's really good. Some people do you make pear preserves with some brown sugar. Yeah, I don't care. Sugar. I'm eating. Mm. But I think it's purer with just white granulated nope. sugar. I also don't like cinnamon. I'm not making spice. No, I no, want no, to no, taste no, no, no. the fruit here. And I want enough 
fruit in those big chunks, which is why we used big chunks, that I can basically put a giant chunk of fruit on my bread <laughs> and a little goop around it and call that my preserves. These are way beyond pear jam. This is pear preserve. And if you want something truly special, spread this onto your toast and then shave some hard-aged Parmigiano-Reggiano and put some of that onto it, too. Oh, it's so delicious. It's hard to imagine how good this pear preserves are. And I, 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 it's worth the effort. It really is, honestly, worth the effort. Now, I, let me stop and say, we had a little discussion about this in the break. And this recipe is not necessarily suitable for so-called freezer preserves, in which you would make this, pour it into containers, and freeze it. This now, is, freezer jam is a whole other thing. It's a different way of making it. It's, it's not always cooked, even. Too. A lot of freezer jams aren't cooked. And I'm actually not even sure whether you cook freezer pear jam or not. But I know, like, you don't cook freezer raspberry jam. Well, this this is just spectacular pear preserves. Make them now. Find the pears. You'll have it all winter long. You can put it over hard cheese. You can put it over soft cheese like brie. You can put it with bread and butter. It's, it's really spectacular. Mm, fabulous. So listen every Friday to Cooking with Bruce and Mark for more recipes and our take on Appliance Friday. Yeah, sometimes we'll kind of come back to the appliances. We just got sidetracked <laughs> this week. And, okay, the next week, the podcast next Friday, we're going to get sidetracked too because there's these cookies I just have to do. But um, we're doing appliances, we're doing recipes, and on Tuesdays, we still continue to take down most of the big culinary myths. I think we're up to number 47 or 48 at this point. So listen in on Tuesdays and catch our takedown of the culinary myths and subscribe because that's the only way more people are going to find out about us with cooking with bruce and mark